At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is Matt Liner, and you're listening to Reign of Troy Radio. Reign of Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Get Michael Castillo on the phone. <laughs> Scratch, claw, up against the wall. I can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Oh, I can't believe USB is five and seven and not going to a ball. Oh. All right, Trojan fans, turn up the volume. It's time for Reign of Troy Radio. Here's your host, Michael Castillo. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reign of Troy Radio, episode 319, coming to you on Wednesday, July 10th. We're going to talk about USC and UCLA football here on this preview episode of the season, sort of, our crosstown podcast with our friends from the What's Bruin Show, and uh, get into it. This is part two. You can listen to part one over on their channel. We'll talk about them more in a second. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Google Play, and Spreaker. Our bonus episodes are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Reign of Troy. Our email address is Reign of Troy at fansider.com, and our phone number is 213-373-1USC. Suck it, what's Bruin Show? Suck it back. That was good. Yeah. Wow. That's right on the whim there. I didn't screw up this nice. time. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Mike Castillo. Join along with my co-host, who's sitting right next to me, Alicia Daratola. Hello, everybody. Yeah, we are in the backyard of our friend Jake Merrifield's house. You know Jake Merrifield from the West Bruin Show. Hello. How are you doing? And from Takes with Jake on Patreon. Thank you for coming to my house and and, and eating dinner with me and 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 uh, you know and 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 uh, just uh, having a podcast with us. I'm 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 happy to have you guys here. Yeah, and also from the Woods Bruin Show and from GojoBruin.com, we've got Mike Regalado. Aloha. And from a bunch of different websites who he can tell you <laughs> all of them because I can never remember them all, uh, Jamal Artis. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. Where, where are you right now? Uh, let's see. I write for LASoccerNation.com and LASportsHub.com .com, and uh, every once in a while, LA Sports Access. There you go. Go follow all of us uh, and yeah, that'd be a good thing. To do, and you can see some of us on Friday at a joint meetup with Reign of Troy plus the What's Bruin Show. Crazy. I'll be there. Alicia will be there. Mike will be there. Maybe Jake. Our, our friends from awesome. Traveler Hitch Thursday. Uh, Kenny is, is going to be there. Um, it's going to be at the Golden Road Brewery in Atwater Village slash Glendale slash LA slash whatever the hell you want to call that part of the world. And Friday, 7 p.m. this Friday. July 12th at 7 p.m. Sounds exciting. I'm super excited I'm for this. Yeah. Lots of beer, lots of food. Uh, come down and talk about Make, USC and UCLA with us. We need USC Rotbots to show up in their colors so that... Oh, wow. Represent. We don't want to be outnumbered exactly. at our own meetup. Exactly. Oh, trust me. You're not going to be outnumbered. I, I think at this point I'm going to be the only Bruin there. 
<coughs> screw you, Jake. And uh, yeah, so if uh, anyone wants to uh, talk Mike's to me, hey, I will. Hey, be there. any Bruin fans here? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mike. Uh, you know, Jake, I'm, I'm glad you have your your soundboard there because yep. I like podcasting with you in person because I can see your soundboard. I can see you fiddling Getting around ready with to it. Do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, when we're when we're doing our podcast takes with Jake or Rod and Gott when we did those, we didn't always we didn't always get to see you press the buttons. But there you are pressing the buttons now that you'll press for takes with Jake on Patreon, which you can listen to. Patreon.com slash Reign of Troy. That's right. It wasn't the best segue possible, but That's I, fine. I think it works. I know my favorite, I know your favorite drop that I have is this one. Uh, yeah, it yeah. was about the Boston Bruins, I'm pretty yeah. sure. No, I don't think so. Yeah, it was about, about sure the not. Boston Bruins. In the I'm pretty sure it was you were talking about wearing your UCLA shirt and people going, they're going to think I mean. I think that's what yeah. that was. I, I have no recollection <laughs> of this at all. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can go listen to Takes with Jake. Uh, we'll, we'll do more of those here as we get into the off season a little bit. But also, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And we got a new Reviews? review. Yeah. Do tell about this new review. Yeah. We got a new review from Stephen Poway, who gave us a one-star review. That yes. Says, Needs work. A mediocre, mediocre podcast at best. And they beg for five-star five star reviews. During their podcast, these two need to add an expert to their crew since neither one of these guys even played, much less coached football. Michael doesn't even live in California anymore and still weighs in on the team. At least it does a fair job sometimes, but their banter <laughs> overall is really annoying. There are much better podcasts in USC football out there to improve. Michael and Alicia should break up the podcast into two and each interview someone else. Wow, that's some really harsh shit there. And I'm wondering, who did you guys piss off? What little, like, who peed in Steve from Poway's pool? That's what I want to know. <laughs> uh, can, uh, first off, can I say, <clears throat> Steve from Poway, go screw yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is all the What's Bruin show weighing in here. Yeah, yeah, this is, <laughs> not sorry, Troy, sorry. But. We, we might be UCLA people, but we get a lot of our information from Reign of Troy, uh, the website, and, and the podcast. So... Go screw yourself. Well, uh, with respect. Uh, appreciate, with respect. Uh, appreciating the defense. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, thanks, Stephen Poway, for giving us your feedback, even though I think there's better ways to do it than a one-star review. He used a lot of exclamation points in that review as well. Uh, I, no, I just, just to address the review, I think that there are a lot of USC, fo- USC football podcasts out there, and I think a lot of them are good. Because really? I think a, there are like three UCLA. Because there, <laughs> there is a good variety of USC podcasts, and... Based on the feedback, it seems to me that, you know, this isn't our target audience because you, we never make it out to seem like we're the experts in the football stuff. L- l- let me ask you this. So, so you got a one-star rating from this guy, right? How many five-star ratings have you gotten? A uh, uh, fair bit. There you go. Enough. The rest my yeah. case. And, and all I would say is, uh, you know, um, it sounds like he's really listened to you guys a lot. And so he's really thought about his review, I suppose. But he, know, you know, he knows that you don't live in California. He knows that that uh, you know, it, it just there's a, there's a lot. You know, obviously he said he's listened to it. Um, but to to have your number one thing say these guys have never played or coached football, um, then you must not like any media at all. Because I'm pretty sure if I go talk to like Stu Mandel or you go talk to like anybody you know, that pretty much is saying anything about uh, sports now, any like yeah. that's not really a qualification to have coached or played football. Well. Although certainly that is a part of giving analysis for sure. D- Doug, right. Go- Doug, Gob- Doug Gottlieb is is a, uh, a you know national announcer and he's good at stealing credit cards. 
So <laughs> he, he did play basketball though. I yeah, yeah. Got, I mean, did he though? My 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 thing is just <laughs> my, my thing is is that uh, I think we are very upfront about what kind of podcast we are, and uh, I would encourage people who prefer a different kind of podcast that you know that's okay. You don't have to like the way we do things, Absolutely. but but like our banter, I find it entertaining. So sorry about that, and I'm not going to apologize for having never played football it, because. You know what? I don't think that matters. In the words of NXS, don't change. There you go. <laughs> Thanks. And, and all I would say is, uh, you know, uh, look, it's one thing to give you guys a five star review. Um, and by the way, you're in a pod, you're on a podcast. Oh, and you're by the way, fans, yeah, w- uh, hey, guys, guys, please review the What's Bruin Show too, and give give the What's Bruin Show five star reviews. Get, everyone else is listening. We appreciate five star reviews. Thank you. I will beg on my knees. I will shamelessly do so. But I can't imagine anybody <laughs> listening to Raina Troy Radio and all the work you guys put in for all that you do and then having such a strong feeling that you're going to write a one-star review. Like I said, one of you guys must have cut this dude off at some point <laughs> or it must be is it somebody somebody's with an axe to grind because I just can't imagine you listen to Raina Troy for any length of time at all. You don't have at to overly defend I'm just, No, I'm not overly defending, damn it. <laughs> Are you standing in my house right now? Are you sitting in my house? No, yeah, I'm, it's BS. I, I he fed you. He fed us, doesn't feed he, us. He fed us I steak. Appreciate it. I appreciate <laughs> it. It's BS. This is an axe to grind. That one star's an axe to grind. All right, there you well, go. Well, then, Jake, you leave Piss us off, a review. Poway. And everyone listening can leave us a review oh. on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and you get the podcast there, too. Subscribe there. As well as Patreon, patreon.com slash Ranfroy. Can I add this? If you don't give Raina Troy five star, you're cursing the USC football team and they're going to go 0 12 this year. Oh, wow. Wow. So, so you need to give them a there five star. There are some star. USC fans yeah, and he who just mind flipped that. a tarot card. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's Damn a right scary looking tarot card. Damn right I did. Right I did. <laughs> wow. Clay Helton is a Grim Reaper. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> are, are there. Are there Grim Reaper tarot cards? I think yeah. Like the death card. I don't know. The death card. The death card, yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah, but okay. the death card doesn't always the mean death card death. doesn't mean it death. Be, it can mean if, change. If I'm gonna go with the schedule, I know what I'm something. talking about. I don't know. Yeah, but like the saying. death of bad thing. I don't know. I think we're out of our depth. Yeah, it's not. It's but not think my deal. we should have a uh, Pac-12 coaching tarot card set. <laughs> oh, that's going too deep. Anyway, guys, sorry, we're off track. I'm sorry. Do we need to get Miss Cleo here? Yeah, <laughs> something like. I that. I think we need to. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about the news for like three seconds and then uh, get into USC and UCLA up next. We'll be right back. All right, Lacey, there's not that much news, but I also want to mention Jalen Watson, who announced on Friday uh, the day after Independence Day, July 5th, he announced that he's not coming into USC in 2019. He's going to open reopen his commitment after he signed with the Trojans on signing day. Alicia, any thoughts there? He was a, uh, a three-star defensive back. Yeah, he was part of that defensive back group that USC brought in that, you know, was hope that the quantity will yield uh, a few hits there. So... You still have the quantity. It's a shame that things aren't working out to get him to USC, but when you had that many DBs being brought in, losing one of them is not... does It just doesn't feel like the end of the world, especially since you got Chris especially Steele. Especially when you brought in Chris Steele. Yeah. Um, it, it's... At, at the end... You can look at it through the offseason. They lost the DB and they gained a DB, and the one they gained is Chris Steele, who's a pretty damn good one. Is he eligible for sure yet? Uh, we, we don't know. Uh, that's... 
him and Brew McCoy's situation, I feel like I don't know when that stuff's going to come through. So. Yeah, but you think he's got a much? I mean, you have to. Think I think he's he has got a better much chance more compelling than case than yeah. McCoy. Yeah. I, I would say. I don't think the NCAA. They are pretty tone deaf a lot, but I think that Chris Steele is going to have a pretty good argument. Yeah, I think it would be big news if they didn't let him play. Yeah. All right, and the last little news nugget here is about Austin Jackson, who is becoming a bone marrow donor for his sister, which is a cool little story. Very cool. Well, cool. it's a cool story for him. Uh, it's a, it's not a good story in the sense that it is a story, I guess you could say. It's, it's a sad moment. Yeah, I mean, it's awful that his sister is dealing with a genetic condition called diamond black fan anemia. Yeah. Um, and she has been having treatment for that for many, many years, and that treatment is no longer sufficient, so she has to have a bone marrow transplant. Um, my dad is a doctor, so I called him to find out what the heck a bone marrow transplant means. I'm and a nurse. This is, uh, oh, well, so then oh. you could have given us, you could have given us the, the and, 411. And I've taken care of patients with iron deficiency. Oh, anemia. well, then tell us about it. There we go, Jamal. Well, I- any any anemia basically is that you're low in red blood cells, but uh, iron deficiency um, specifically means you don't produce enough iron, which holds on to the uh, the heme, which is inside is basically the middle of the red blood cell. So then, uh, so when you're iron deficient, uh, you're not carrying the iron in the blood cell. So so basically, your your blood red blood cell count is low. So the reason they would want to do a bone marrow tr- transplant is because that's where we produce our red blood cells. So if you get a transplant, you get better bone marrow in your body, then you might be able to produce um, more red blood cells. Therefore, uh, your iron levels will stay up. So, like, he's Austin Jackson is going in and doing this for his sister. Right. So th- uh, they're like a DNA match. Probably. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're the match. So um, one of the big questions that I had was, like, well, what does this mean for him and his you know football stuff going forward? Um According to my dad, <laughs> a full recovery from this, uh, which involves some soreness, is two to three weeks. Right. So this will not impact USC football, but it is a very, very cool thing that Austin Jackson is doing for his sister. And it's always nice to hear when, uh, you know, Trojans are able to step up and be, be heroes. Be heroes. Off the field. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's it's a feel oh, good, good story in that sense. Uh, one thing to add, just uh, in case you were interested, they are uh, raising money to help uh, pay for her treatment. So if you wanted to go to coda for team dot com, c o t a for team autumn, that's uh, the website that they're raising money on. So yeah, go do it, go help out, and go support. Uh, it's a great uh, cause, one hundred percent. Help out the Jackson family. Um, that's going to wrap up the news. Uh, let's talk about UCLA football and what it means for USC going forward also, because guess what? SC has to play this UCLA team, UCLA team that beat the Trojans last year in November. Uh, Jake and Mike and the score was not an indication of how far away that game was. Okay. 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 All those what's brewing guys (laughs) want to make sure that, that we remember that part. All I remember about that day was the Ikes. Ikes was really good. good. It was. That was was when we did the super taste. Yeah, that was. A lot. That was a big day. It was a good day in, in that sense. I remember 289 yards. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Is that the only was that, I, that happened? I wasn't a dream. Was I, 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 okay, just say, just say. Passing <laughs> yards for JT Daniels, right? No, not so much. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, let's let's talk about UCLA in this sense. Mike, what what is UCLA this year? They're an enigma wrapped in a uh, puzzle burrito. Filled with uh, riddles. <laughs> with riddles of, 
of 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 I don't know this. Um, three and nine. That's what UCLA uh, came away from last season. They had wins. You know, we just joked about the the win against USC. They had a win against Cal. Yeah, Jamal. Sorry, suck Jamal. it. Uh, suck it, Jamal. <laughs> and uh, and Arizona. Um, Hold on, we got to play this because look- Jamal's here. Okay. Beat the Golden Bears. <laughs> yes. UCLA was putrid at the beginning of the season. Jake and I were at the, at that first game against Cincinnati, it's and very depressing. I remember halfway through it, just my jaw dropping, going, "What? What, what is this?" this that really is, was one of those highest is, of high to lowest of low moments, this, as far as like you know, y- your perspective shifts one eighty. Yeah, this was not the Chip Kelly I was expecting. But by season's end, things were were looking up. Yeah, you know, sure they were three and nine, but um, you know, and, and I don't want to drive this point home. But you know, they were very impressive against USC. They were impressive against Stanford, even even though they lost. Uh, Wilton Spate, who everyone, you know, uh, ra- raised an eyebrow uh, when Chip Kelly brought him in. We're like, why, why, why are you bringing in this pocket pass? That guy. Um, he threw for what was I think four hundred and sixty six yards against Stanford. So if anything, at the beginning, uh, uh, sorry, at the end of last season, UCLA proved that they could move the ball efficiently down uh, downfield. the uh, The caveat of that is that the defense actually got worse as the season progressed. But there was a lot. There were a lot of injuries, especially among the linebacking. Kind of like an SC story there. Yeah. Um. There. There was just. A, a, a huge amount of, of exits from the program. Um, so, and, and on top of that, uh, recruiting isn't what, 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 uh, normal fans would, would say, um, would, would, would be proud of, uh, basically with recruiting, <laughs> less yeah, exactly. than stellar, less than stellar, but it's, it's very bizarre because you have this enigma in the form of Chip Kelly who doesn't do things the way normal the way the uh, normal uh, college football coaches do it. Uh, he's he's reinventing himself, uh, if you will. Um, he's going after the guys. He's we, He weeded out a lot of, of, of uh, players that did not want to be here. Uh, that's a big thing. You know, people talk about, you know, well, why are there so many eggs? It's made, you know, he's just, he's such a tyrant. He's, you know, he, you know, how can he do, you know, do this to all these players who have been dedicated to UCLA and Jim Mora? Well, Chip Kelly's not Jim Mora. Chip Kelly is Chip Kelly. He he always he's he's a nerd uh, to use uh, a phrase from um you know our 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 cohort from the UCLA B team Michael Hanna. He's a football nerd and he's always looking to try to um uh, try try to evolve his offense and that's what we saw last year. Uh you know this this wasn't the Oregon blur. I think a lot of UCLA fans and you know just college football fans in general who were who were watching Chip Kelly were expecting Oregon 2.0 and that's not what we saw. What we saw was you know a bit, bit more innovation, especially on the offensive line with Justin Fry. You know he uh, Justin Fry was the offensive line coach at, at Boston College who did a fantastic job. So for Chip better Kelly, than Bob Connolly. So yeah, very much so <laughs> uh, at both UCLA and USC. Uh, so to, for Chip Kelly to pluck him uh, from the East Coast and bring him over here. Uh, you know that that was just a, a solid pickup because the offensive line got better every single game, especially in game three, I think it was against Colorado, where uh, Boss Tagaloa, who was suspended for the first three games, came in and anchored that offensive line, did just you know a, a bang up job, and things were slowly progressing. Uh, UCLA actually did a really 
good job against Washington. They lost that game. Next, the next week they went they went up to Berkeley, a place where they are not successful, uh, and smacked around Cal. Sorry, Jamal. Um, they they uh, took down Arizona barely uh, in in the the next game, and then um, you know just I, I think they increased uh, their points from seventeen. Uh, around 70 points for the first four games up to about 32. Uh, their yards per game was somewhere hovering around like 300 in the first four games. That was boosted up to close to 400, I believe. So there was definitely progress. So that that's what a lot of UCLA fans uh, are, are hanging on to right now. And, and yes, it is hope. But uh, at the same time, you have to realize that last year, uh, a lot of people called it year zero just because it's uh, Chip Kelly retooling everything. But um, look, looking at this year, year two, uh, in reality, year two, uh, UCLA is going to be, they already have a year uh, um, under their belt with Chip Kelly. So they know what to expect. The defense knows what to expect. The offense knows what to expect. Special teams should hopefully be better because they were crap last year. Um, so going into this season, they should definitely be a lot stronger. But at the same time, um, and Jake, back me up on this, they have a hell of a schedule. Yeah, they have a tough schedule, and there's a lot of unknowns. So, I mean, as far as I think, that's, that's the biggest thing is that you could very easily make a case that, uh, you know, I think most of the national outlets are saying that they're going to be better, but you know, it's like a just a, a little bit better, you can getting to five or six wins, making a bowl game, something like that. Um, but in my mind, they're either going to be a lot better, and they're going to crack, you know, eight or nine wins in my, from what I think, or they're going to, it's just going to be obvious that Chip Kelly's not working and it's going to be another bit of a struggle. But everything Mike said is is absolutely correct in that he kind of came in and reset the expectations real quick with getting rid of some of the guys that you thought were going to be contributors. And they really just started from ground zero completely. And I think if you were on board with Chip Kelly when he first got there and saying, hey, hand the reins over to the supposed great coach, right? I mean, everybody thought it was a good hire then you have to go along with whatever his plan is, at least through a couple of years. And I think that's where we're all at. And just to add really quickly, that's the thing that, that, uh, uh, that's my pet peeve with this whole thing. Uh, the fact that people are already calling for Chip Kelly's head after one season, it wasn't a great season, but when you just look at the number three dash nine, that, that doesn't tell the, the entire story. I mean, you know, you guys could, could even see that, uh, Chip Kelly, that, that there, there was progress there. And, um, you just have to look at at what he's doing. You know, the, the fact that he's bringing in his guys. You know, he, uh, the reason UCLA is so low in the recruiting rankings is because, one, uh, he didn't have that much up until, like, two weeks ago. I think he got three in one week, which was, you know, that was a boost for UCLA. But on top of that, they were three stars. So, obviously, that's going to bring their uh, composite ranking down. But, you know, Chip Kelly doesn't look at stars. He looks at the guys who are going to fit the system, who are, who are going to execute properly, the guys who are not knuckleheads, the guys who are going to go to class and who are smart and who want to be that business, who, uh, who want to have that business-like mentality. And that, I think, is what's scary and, it, you know, a little stealth, if you will, uh, going into next season, which I don't think a lot of people will, um, will expect that from Chip Kelly. But, I mean... Above all, it's Chip Kelly. I mean, this guy is, is a uh, offensive genius. He's an innovator. He likes to, um, uh, he just likes to tinker with everything. And honestly, I, I, we are far from. I don't think he's tapped the surface of of what we're we're, we're going to see. So that I mean, in a nutshell, that's just where we are from uh, when Chip Kelly was hired to now. So Michael and I have been having this conversation for the past few weeks, I think, because we've been having the three-star conversation when it comes to USC recruiting. 
And it's a very different conversation, I think, than the three-star conversation you could be having when you look at UCLA recruiting. Um, Michael's big point on that has been the whole point of being excited for the air raid at USC is getting to see what the air raid looks like with USC's talent, the four- and five-star talent. Sure. So if you're just going to suddenly go to three-star people, then three-star prospects, then like, what was the whole point? Which is exactly what we were saying. Oh, my God, we're going to get Chip Kelly with UCLA talent. Yeah. yeah right. Doesn't, so, the, doesn't the same thing apply? Yeah. Like, like, shouldn't you be wanting the scheme that Chip Kelly brings with the talent that UCLA has access to? That certainly is what the thinking was going into last year, right? And then you figured out that, well, uh, this guy, this coach, he really is a guy that does the way the things the way that he wants to do them. And there's nothing that's going to get him off of that. And I think what's becoming clearly apparent is, is that when he was in or- at Oregon, um, he came into something that was already running, something that was already established, the Phil Knight, the Nike money, all that stuff, and all of the bells and whistles and hoopla and all of the the marketing savvy uh, that that was up there when he got there and just kind of exploded when they reached the levels of success they did. It's becoming very clear now that that was very separate from anything that Chip Kelly was doing on his own, right? And UCLA is trying to do different things to kind of uh, you know rebrand UCLA football sort of in that image, but also trying to take advantage of that. So, but So we kind of miscast him? For, for what he was in that sense? Maybe a little bit. Uh, of that, we, we've never seen him build a program before. Um, because, yeah, he did inherit a team that had a solid foundation from Mike Bellotti at Oregon. Yeah. And so now that... And by the way, he was there for a couple of years before he started right. to be head coach. Yeah, yeah he exactly. Was the offensive I mean, he would have come into UCLA as, as, the, as the offensive coordinator and then got kind of a running start. It might be a different story right now, right. but it, that's not how it does. Yeah. I mean, right? Yeah, so, but so, no, he definitely started from... from from nothing. This is the thing, is that I think that when you look at, especially like when you look at Oregon right now, right? And they're out there. Sorry, that's my dog going through the doggy door. I know that really annoys MC over there. <laughs> but uh, he's sitting there just like biting his lip. But um, when you look at, just look at Oregon right now, right? And they get uh, Mario Cristobal and they're still just, you know, even though they've had a couple down years, it's still Oregon and this is our swag and we're bringing all these recruits on this stuff like that. And I think Cristobal really fits whatever it is that Oregon is selling up there. But when you look at now Kelly coming to a new program, or even when he was in the NFL, it is, he is all about his fitness program and his, and the way that he does things. And he is really just a football nerd as Mike already has talked about. And he really doesn't have any other room in his mind to really deal with any of the other stuff being, uh, you know, fluffy for uh, recruits or being, you know, or or doing uh, appearances for fan, the fan base and all that stuff. And, I think that is becoming clear now that he's in charge of another college football program. With that being said, I still think that he can be very successful at UCLA. It's just no Bruin fans ever thought they would have to take such a step back in order to hopefully take a step forward. And that, you know, I still feel confident that's going to happen, but nobody thought it was going to be necessary because of what, you know, like MC just said, you know, UCLA talent, Chip Kelly's brains. Here we go. It turns out, no, Chip Kelly wants to have guys that fit his particular mold, even if that means throwing out all these guys that, you know, people like Jalen Phillips, who was, who were like the best recruit in the country at one point, right? That it just, I guess his philosophy doesn't jive with, let's just do it with whatever guys are here. Let's be nice because uh, I think when you're talking about three-star recruits being the ceiling of your program, (laughs) (laughs) like, like Cal, I think, uh, you know, it's, Anytime you walk into a situation uh, like where UCLA was at, I think you got to I think people just have to be more patient and just realize that it's a work in progress. And that um, when somebody has a track record like Chip Kelly, 
you're just going to have to wait and see. And it's not going to be on on uh, on uh, on your own agenda. It's just going to be a wait and see game. Uh, and then uh, and then if you know a couple years down the line, it's still wait and see. Then you can you can uh, bitch and moan about um, it being provable or not. Yeah, and you know, I think when you look at the team from last year, and Mike already went. I'm not going to quote st- any more stats or anything, but you look at the team at the beginning of the year, and you look at the team at the end of the year. I don't think anybody, if they were watch, if you watch all 12 of those games, would say that that was not a much better team at the end of the year than where they started. And so that gives me hope that well, he knows what he's doing on the field, right? And then the whole problem is this whole recruiting thing, and the fact that they did almost no recruiting right at the beginning to now it looks like they're finally starting to bring in a few guys, um, but. He is really, it just seems like he's a coach that he could give a damn about what the the star ratings are. He's just going out there looking for guys to fit into whatever his mold are. The thing that gives me hope is that we already acknowledge he's a good coach, right? And the guys he's bringing in, he's not bringing in high school players that have maxed out their ability in high school. And they're like, you know, they're like five foot eight and they got like, you know, 7,000 tackles, you know, like, you know, those kind of players that you're like, do these guys have anywhere to go? He's bringing in these guys that are long and lengthy, have room to grow and have room to, you know, maybe are kind of rough around the edges. And you're like, well, he should be able to coach those guys. So, and I know that's not necessarily like, why would you do that if you don't have to do that? I completely get that. But all I'm saying is that, well, if there is a coach that I would trust to coach guys up and make them into better players, it would be Chip Kelly. And as there's a lot of people in the United States, you know, there's there's a lot of people, there's a, there's a big pool to draw from. So I think that if that's the way he's going to do it, I think he can be successful that way. Is the easiest way? No, but I still think he can be successful. All right, but we we got a question I want to get to from Twitter. But before that, the the idea about three stars, I feel like every time a, a three star gets recruited, and I'm guilty of doing this too, that the justification is always, yeah, this guy is a three star guy, but but uh, let's spin it as this is a dude who goes to class. This is the dude that's good because of this, this, and this. Isn't half of that propaganda, anyways? Isn't it half of it? talking yourself into why that guy is the right guy. And I know that I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the point of you want to believe that Chip Kelly is, is picking the guys that fit his system. Why not just go there R- rather than he's picking guys that are leaders and he's picking guys that are this and that. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. Because those are the tangible things that I think that could be thrown on anybody, right? Like, I think no. I think you're right. I think other than recruits that are five stars that are prima donnas, they're doing the you know the quadruple hat dance. Hey, look at me! It's moments. easy to say that the three star guy is going to be the right guy. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So, I agree with you. The, you you, you got to see it. The jury is completely out on Chip Kelly and his recruiting. All I'm saying is the thing that I'm taking solace from is that the guys he's bringing in all seem to be guys with huge ceilings that aren't developed yet. And if you're going to give me those guys and put them in front of a coach, I'd say, please put them in front of Nick Saban, Chris Peterson, Chip Kelly, maybe a couple of other guys. That's fair. That's my whole argument. Because otherwise, there's no defense. There's right. no defense for a program that recruits at a top 20 level, sometimes top 10 level, their entire history. If SC was not in the Pac-12, UCLA would be the best recruiting school in the Pac-12 by pretty much any metric, right? Maybe right. not for the last five years or whatever, but over the history of the school, they are the best recruiting school other than SC. Right. So for you to totally throw that out the door, it's very troubling, but this is what we're all telling ourselves to make us feel better. Well, there yeah. has to be there has to be a certain amount of buy-in, right? Like yeah. um something that, that Jamal was saying, like you have to have patience. And I think that if you're UCLA It is a virtue. Uh, well, and if you're UCLA, if you're not willing to have patience with this, going all in on Chip Kelly, then 
then there's a big, big problem. And and that's, I mean, I think this gets into the, the tweet that we got. Yeah, uh, which I'll read right now. It comes from Dizotha, who says, I hope I'm saying that right. Is Chip Kelly on the hot seat or more like warming up a seat? I can't, he is not anywhere near a hot seat right now. Second. But, but, but what if UCLA goes 3-9 and nine again? Then he absolutely would be there on a go. warm seat. Like, I don't think okay. there's any way they fire him early. Uh, what's his contract's three or four years? It's four years, isn't it? And yeah, and, and uh, with the way they kind of went all in, you know, uh, needing um, uh, Wasserman to to drop extra money in there, there's no way that that they're looking to put him on a hot seat um, before his contract is out. I yeah. think I think yeah. they're yeah. Give you got to see it through. He would have run. to have a scandal of some sort, yeah, in order to make that seat hot. If I'm a UCLA fan. I would be like if I were in your shoes, Jake. Like I would be pissed if anyone in the UCLA athletic department was even considering the possibility of getting rid of Chip Kelly. There's no doubt within but, the next two yeah. years, especially because doesn't this feel like if it goes bad, it's going to go like the Rich Rod era did at Michigan, right? Yeah. yeah, where he tore everything down. It didn't take for whatever reason, and then Michigan was in a hole for the next. X amount of years because they completely changed everything, uh, but they changed everything and it didn't work. And now they got to change everything back. And you had the Brady Hoke era, which was a bad hire compounded on top of it. And then, you know, or you think about it, like Callahan and Nebraska or something like that. Yeah. Where you make a big schematic change that doesn't work. It sets you back even farther than it did by just making that hire. It essentially sent you back two coaches. Yeah. But it, if you got rid of him now, you'd have done that setback without even giving it a chance to right. follow through. It would be yeah. ridiculous. And let me look. UCLA fans have had a couple oasises, you know, uh, oasis, oasis. Oasai? Oasai. Oasis-y. In the, in, the, in the 2000s, okay? They had one good season under Carl Durrell, uh, you know, back, what, 2004 or whatever? Maurice yeah. Jones-Drew. They and went Drew, 10 and 2 that Drew year. Drew all that stuff. And then we had a few pretty darn good years uh, under Jim Mora. But then for every fo- step forward that Mora took, they, he almost like reversed his direction and went backwards. So look, it's not like UCLA has a whole lot of glory years to look at in the last you know 20 years. So if you can't trust Chip Kelly to turn your program around, what the hell are you doing? You know? and, and I've been on record as saying, if he doesn't do something with this program, if they, if they have to fire him early or something, I'm, I'm just give up football. I'm, I mean, just, just shut, shut it all program. down. Shut it all down. Yeah. But at the same time, no, you guys are right. There's, the administration, the fans, they should be cautious about where the direction of this program is going. But at the same time, nobody knows where the hell this, where, where that direction is because it's been one season and that, and in that season, there was so much turnover. There was so much uh, retooling. There was building the, 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 the program from the ground up. Year so, zero. So in a way, you know, I referenced year zero before. So it, in a way, even though this is the second year, this would technically be the first year of the Chip Kelly era with all of his <laughs> players and schemes intact. So, if anything, this is the year that that Bruin fans or you know college football fans should judge the Bru- the the Bruins on, um, and then go off of that. the 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 thing that annoys me, especially with Bruin fans, is the fact that. A lot of them have said, "Yo, we wasted twelve million dollars. This was horrible. He can't recruit. He's only he only won three games." Well, you got to consider what what he was given. You know, the 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 uh, the culture was just not good. Uh, you in, in, at the end of the Jim Mora era, um, you know, you you have these uh, players who um, 
you know, in, in the last few months to the last year who have uh, kind of revealed what it is they thought the program was uh, under Jim Moore, where, you know, Jim Moore was very friendly, buddy, buddy. But um, who was it, Jake? Was not it to Ed, the media. Ed, 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 Eddie Van, not, not to the media, straight out, but Cheeseburg I think it was Eddie Vanderdose, a former defensive lineman for UCLA uh, during the Moore era. Um, you know, obviously he has every right to defend uh, Jim Mora, but he kind of came to J- uh, Chip Kelly's defense when all these recruits that left or, or players that left the UCLA program uh, were badmouthing Chip Kelly. You know, Ed- Eddie Vanderdose basically said, you know, you can you can quickly tell who's here to play football and who's here to to take in the Beverly Hills lifestyle. And Chip Kelly, he doesn't he doesn't give a good goddamn about the Beverly Hills lifestyle. He cares about football, and he's gonna he's gonna be successful any way he can. And it's Chip Kelly, you know, nobody's going to get to Chip Kelly. So he's going to do whatever he wants to do. And, uh, nobody's going to tell him, uh, exactly how to do it. If it ends in losses, then he's going to go down the way, you know, he wanted to do it. If it, if it results in wins, well, he just, he's going to get a contract extension. That's just the way it is. I think that, um, at the beginning of this podcast, you need to put a, we need to institute a drinking game. Every time you hear Chip Kelly, you have to take a drink, no. and we'll kill the entire audience. Yeah. <laughs> Liver disease. Yeah. Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly. So there it is. <laughs> You're all dead now. All right. Uh, let's get into a fun thing that you guys put into your rundown on the What's Bruins show, and we talked about USC with this. We talked about the Pac-12 with this. We want to talk about UCLA with this here on our show. What is the most underrated aspect of UCLA football, and then the most overrated aspect of USC football. And uh, Jake, Jake, since you mentioned Oasis, today was going to be the day, but they'll never throw it back to you. Yeah. You you go first. Okay, great. Uh, I think I get no credit for that. No, because I wasn't listening to what you said. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worst. You also just, called it USC football a couple times. You so. did. Yeah. You did. I was correcting you saying UCLA, USC or whatever, and so I missed your pun. Yeah. God. So I'm sorry. All right. Just tell me what's the most. I'm really underrated, sorry, Michael. Most underrated part of, about UCLA. Then. Um, I, I think that uh, very easily you make the argument that uh, the quarterback, uh, uh, the quarterback position is going to be underrated this year for UCLA because they have Dorian Thompson Robinson coming back, and last year he was not. Uh, he wasn't good for long periods of time because he really didn't have an opportunity to be really good for long periods of time because it seemed like as soon as he kind of got his feet under him, he would got in, he got injured. And then that kind of was kind of herky-jerky. The UCLA quarterback situation last season was very herky-jerky, whether it was Spate or DTR. But when DTR kind of hit his stride in the middle of the year, he actually was playing pretty darn well. You know, when he came out in Cincinnati, somebody fell on Spate in the Cincinnati game and like, you know, when they injured his back. And when ETR came in in that first game, he was throwing balls through players. Like he was throwing it so hard. I was (laughs) way up there. I mean, I, you know, you could shoot a gun and the velocity would probably be less with the, with the speed that, that those balls are coming out. But he really started to develop a little bit of touch, uh, you know, towards the middle of the season. And he was starting, everything started to slow down from, we interviewed Wayne cook, um, over the, uh, winter holidays. And, he he was just talking about how the the progression that a true freshman is going to make 
to you know for the point where they they get to be a sophomore. And you can think about it over the years just from UCLA's examples. You think of guys like uh, you know Katie McNown or, or, or you know other players like that. Or um, who's the SC quarterback who uh, uh, good old Matt Barkley, that son of a bitch. Uh, he guys like that, right? He, where in the in his first year he goes on the road and he gets all the credit for that Ohio State game, where really all he did was not lose that game, right? Would that be fair? But yeah. then by the end of by the end of his career, he's putting up uh, giant huge numbers. Um, I really think the DTR is going to have a big progression this year, and I think that's because of all the all the tutelage he's getting from the coaching staff. But I really think he's going to be big. But when you look at where he's looked at as far as you know, uh, you know, position rankings across the Pac-12, like all the magazines and all the all the sites, they at best they have uh, UCLA as like a, a six or seven you know quarterback. Right. The other thing I think is might be uh, a little bit underrated is the actual recruiting, but that's for a reason that we already talked about. All right, uh, Mike, uh, Jake handled the underrated. Tell me what's the most overrated thing about UCLA this year. Damn it, I wanted to do underrated too, uh, but I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna point out a lot of things that Jake was talking about. Uh, overrated, um, and you know, take this with a grain of salt. But I think the uh, pressure that uh, is being put on Joshua Kelly, and I think he's a fantastic quarterback. Running back, uh, r- running back. Sorry, forgive me. Uh, see, there I go. I'm already putting him on a different echelon. Um, I, I, I think he's going to be great. But having all of this pressure put on him beforehand, um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's going to get to his head because I don't think Chip Kelly is going to allow that for any of his players. But um, I, 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 I want to see Joshua Kelly get there and not already be anointed as, yeah. as, as this fantastic uh, running back. Um, you know, and and, and and honestly, when people talk about, uh, you know, I oh, mean, well, a fourth of his yards came in one game, Mike. Exactly. <laughs> um, You're welcome. What, <laughs> um, what, what, you know, uh, to Chip Kelly's credit, when you talk about recruiting, the one thing that I talk about is, um, well, uh, Joshua Kelly was a two-star running back uh he was a walk-on at ucla he uh entered the program under jim mora and then when chip kelly got a got a hold of him boom all of a sudden he becomes uh one of the uh i think it was the fourth uh uh fourth best running back in the pac-12 last season fourth or fifth uh so that's only in like eight real games exactly uh yeah he was he actually sat for one but uh, the fact that he had uh a thousand uh over a thousand yard rushing season first in like 2015, uh, whatever it is. Um, I, I'm just thinking that uh, that might be a little bit too much pressure, might be a little bit overrated, especially because Chip Kelly has just been bringing in other running backs. And I think he is going to, uh, as the innovator, innovator uh, that he is, uh, he's going to have a scheme to try to use all these other quarterbacks and not just have Joshua Kelly as his main weapon. You have a guy like Keegan Jones. He's a he's a freshman. He's a speedster uh, who looked really good in spring. You have Casimir Allen, who is in his second year with the program. Didn't do much last year, but you, his speed is undeniable. So I can uh, just imagine that Chip Kelly is, is planning something. Himself. Yeah, we'll see. Um, not Lavar, not Lavar level, but uh, yeah, behave yourself. Uh, but I think UCLA has like eight or nine running backs that could do some damage and, and, and he's not just run, uh, uh, recruiting speedsters. He's actually, he recruited a fullback. He, uh, he recruited uh, a, a linebacker that, that, that played a little bit of uh, running back. Um, and there's another big guy, uh, Jamal McClendon, a freshman who uh, was definitely a power back in high school. So that, tells me that Chip Kelly is 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 tinkering with the running game and he has a few things up his sleeve. So to put all this pressure on really Jack, good too. 
Martel Irby, he's another one who I think is going to go, going to be more of a power back than a speedster like Kelly or, or uh, Allen. Uh, but for the most part, uh, having Joshua Kelly, uh, ha- putting all that pressure on him, I think is a is, is a bit much, uh, especially because there's 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 so many other uh, um, players that he's going to be able to use. All right, uh, there you go. Uh, that's the What's Bruin Show talking about UCLA football this year. We got a bunch of more questions from you guys, from Rainer Troy listeners and from What's Bruin Show listeners that we're going to open up a big mailbag to end this thing. So let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. You've got mail. All right, let's start with a tweet from your pal Jake and your pal Mike and your pal Jamal, the godfather, Jim hey. Dat. That's right, <laughs> sports godfather. What do you tweet? I, oh, God, this is great. He, he says, how do you spell the word scandal without the first two letters being SC? <laughs> oh, Jim never misses a beat with that. He just loves that stuff. He, yeah. Which... Like he was at a wedding recently. How many licks does it take to get the sound of a tutu bar? <laughs> he was at a wedding recently. Oh my gosh! Where the sound? Where, where the uh, do you? That'd be great. Yeah. Where the uh, Trojan marching band showed up, and he's filming it. He's, you know, a great performance, but his soundtrack underneath it going, "This is just disgusting." This is just. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, that's pure." It was pretty good, but uh, yeah, no, I, I kind of, uh, I, w- I wouldn't expect anything less from the Godfather. <laughs> by, by the way, I, I just want to point out you. You can't spell dysfunctional or outclass without UCLA. Um, I feel like you can do this for a lot of words. Touche. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's also get a tweet <laughs> from uh, Sal of Troy. It says, how do you deal with a house divided USC versus UCLA? I'm going to throw this question to Jamal because Alcohol. you're always on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. A Cal grad, but you're always talking to these Bruins here. How do you feel when they stole your fight song? When they stole your colors. Hey, 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 if they were smart and copyrighted it, there would be no stealing. <laughs> <laughs> we play better. You know, uh, this is a very good question because I grew up in a house divided. My father was a huge USC fan um, and I was a huge UCLA fan. So it literally uh, that last back then, folks, the last uh, official football game, if they didn't play Notre Dame at home. Uh, was USC UCLA, and we literally had to be in separate rooms to watch the game. I would be upstairs in my room That's to watch. And suck more, it, old man. And more than likely, he would be uh, either listening to it on the USC radio uh, broadcast in the garage, or do you do, or in the or in the kitchen. You know, away from each other, and it was just kind of like um, it was um, like that old the Wiley Coyote cartoon where he would clock in, and then the sheepdog would clock in, and then you know for those you know few hours they would fight and scheme and whatever and then they would clock out that's basically it. you know if uh at that time ucla was uh running the gamut on them that was the the terry donahue days r- going into bob toledo days um so i always had bragging rights and then pete carroll showed up and then and then at that point i was a cal student cal sucked because that was our tom homo era and then pete carroll started winning championships and then by then, it was just like, you know, I'm just not going to say anything in front of you. So I, I, I do know what a house divided feels like in terms of... You got a little bit of love when Aaron Rodgers came around, though, right? Right. Well, yeah. But then, of course, they hey. lost. They lost. And them. then <laughs> Joe Ayub. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No, 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 right? no, 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 Right, right, right. No. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch? No, 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 no. I think, I think the important thing, though, uh, you know, is that you don't get too petty with anything if you really are living in that 
close proximity to, uh, you know, to in a house divide situation. And you just say, you know, how do we all handle ourselves here on the podcast? Right. Uh, you know, you guys Alcohol. are now <laughs> we started we started these crossover things, what, a few years back. And you guys are absolutely like the best friends of the show. Uh, you know, and, and you know, like I said, we have Jamal, uh, who's now pretty much just one of the what's brewing show. Right. And he started as, as, is a, you know, as a, as, as a rival in that regard. It's just like, it's cause you want to have take good natured barbs at each other, but you don't want to get too petty. Right. Um, or get into Twitter fights with other Pac-12 schools like Mike. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, and, 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 to, and, to, and to prove, to, to prove my love, um, I want to find Mr. One star and, oh, yeah. and, yeah, I'm going to Poway. I will defend these two. Saddle up. I will defend these two from Mr. Poway One Star. That's 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 how I handle the 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 the, uh, the uh, house divided. Yeah. Very good, Mike. And yeah. if you like ska, uh, yeah. just saying. We we have a, we have a couple champions for us, and they're Bruins. So that's right. It works out. Uh, let's go to a question from Foley. Uh, which team will have improved the most by the rivalry game? Jake, I don't know how to answer this. Well, I'll tell you this, and you know, in the What's Bruins show, if you listen, we did our Pac-12 predictions, and we picked winners, and whatever. And then Mike had the caveat of, "Hey, we should also say who you know about what we think about UCLA and USC." By the time we got to me, because we went around the table, uh, six people, nobody asked me about my USC UCLA thing. So I'll just say right now, my answer to that is both, because I think that both teams are going to be much improved, and uh, that really is going to be that game will be the crucible by which. We hammer out which is the better team and which is the most improved most improved team because I think they're both going to show market improvement uh, with Kelly and his guys coming around for a, a second year, really year one as far as Bruin fans are concerned, and with you guys uh, improving the offense with Graham Harrell. So I, I think that um, I don't I, I I say it's a tie, it's a dead heat, and that game will decide it. Yeah, Mike. Both teams have difficult starts. SC's first six games are daunting. UCLA's yeah. first four games are really difficult. How hard is it going to be to not put too much stock into those games and let the season play out? Because both teams could start out with really ugly records and be, you know, decent at the end of the year, right? No, definitely. And obviously, you you, you have to trust the uh, the old saying, you know, play one game at a time. Um, I also hate this other saying, which is completely ridiculous. But if you're going to lose, lose early. Because you know, And I hate that because it's like, well, why would you? lose anyway uh but at the same time you know sometimes you just can't help but losing games i mean uh uh, ucla takes on uh oklahoma in week three and i i can guarantee you every ucla fan is is counting that as a loss except for bill but uh, except for bill um (laughs) but at the same time it's it's how you get better you know and that's that's what gave me hope for ucla last season because they they were so much better at the end of the season than they were at the beginning of the season and uh i'm not trying to uh uh, rag on usc here but if usc does if they're if they have enough of a losing record uh by midseason by 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 the time the crosstown rival uh, rivalry happens uh, and they fire clay helton that is a plus for usc and trust me ucla fans do not want to see that ucla fans want clay helton here as long as possible he's playing his clip but hell yes i'm rooting for ucla <laughs> <laughs> right? okay. here's the thing but but uh, i think that you know sc fans really either want you guys you know want the the team to to play really well and really make it into, you know, have a good record and, and make the most out of the whole season. Or you want to be so, 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 so bad at the beginning, like get their 
doors blown off them or lose to Fresno State or something like that, so that they fire Helton early enough to where the team can rally around and finish. That strong, was another thing, kind of yeah. like the head coach Graham Harrell. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, you know, but uh, the worst thing that happened is you're, you know, like. They they they're just like truly mediocre mediocre, but they're like getting some wins, and it's just like a death march of the season. Well, I think both fans should want their team's um, status to be clear. Yeah, you. you but that, and that's different depending like, on the, what's going m- on with the program. So, more so the eye test, right? Like, yeah, if you have an eight and four record, prove that it's the, 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 they're a good eight and four team. That they're not an eight and four team where you're like. Yeah, but this is the team that squeaked by a couple of wins. No, be eight and four, but those two losses, two of those losses were early, and they're whatever it is, right? You whatever happens during the season, you want the end result to feel like you know what this team is. And going back to the question, which team will have improved the most? I I just I can't put anything on it. Can you, Alicia? I have no clue. Um, the the only thing that I can think of. Is that like the because we talked about the the early part of the season like which team has the easier run in and I think that UCLA getting Utah the week before USC and uh, two weeks before that they got uh, or I guess three weeks before that they got Stanford like I think the second half of UCLA season a little bit tougher than the second half of USC season. So like perception wise, it may feel like USC Mm -hmm. has more momentum, even though it may not mean anything the way that like 2016 just, it sort of worked out that the role happened the way it did. goes back to the eye test. Yeah, very much so the eye test. Yeah. So, um, uh, I don't, I, I don't know, but I think, I think I would say it's more likely for USC to be on a roll than for UCLA to be on a roll. If that makes sense. All right. Uh, let's move on to a question from Andrew UCLA on Twitter. I'll throw this to you, to Jamal. JT Daniels or DTR? Who are you picking? Ooh. You, you got to win a game. Oh, oh my. That's good. Impartial. Who, who's your quarterback? Both sophomores. Ooh, Both gonna, have a spring in their step. I'm going to go with JT Daniels. I just think he's more. What a dick. He's Whatever. More, <laughs> get out. He's more, get out. He's more talented. <laughs> and, fire, Jamal. and you'd like what? to think that with Graham Harrell coming in, that the scheme will be better. This time around, and he has more talent, right? The I know we've discussed whether they're overrated or not, but the wide receiver uh, core for USC I think is on paper better than UCLA's. So he would have support there. Yeah, sure. he would have way more support I think than DTR. I feel like DTR um, is going to have to do a lot more. Is going to be asked to do a lot more than maybe he's capable of. Uh, if we're st- if we're still talking about uh, look and see with UCLA, unfortunately, he might be one of those quarterbacks that gets dropped in a situation. With talent, but not enough uh, help, basically. Mike, you agree? Yeah, I mean, it's still... I can see DTR making a huge jump, but at the same time, we did not get to see a lot of what he could do. And like Jake said uh, earlier in the podcast, uh, that that first game, you know, he's just, you know, launching balls to just, just to try to get it out of his hand. And he... Had a had some sprinkles of that in in uh, other games as as the season progressed. Um, in spring, that was the one thing everybody was looking at uh, was uh, watching to see if his accuracy was improving. It did, and that that gave us hope. But uh, all, but overall, uh, from what I saw, um, he just looks a little bit more confident. Uh, he you know he 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 realizes that this is his team, and you know he's going to do everything he can to win. Um, 
but let me let me t- uh, throw it back to you guys. What did you see from JT Daniels this spring specifically that that leads you to believe that he will uh, lead USC to a more successful season than they were last year? I think what I saw from USC's offense in general was more encouraging uh, than anything I saw from JT Daniels, who frankly disappointed me a little bit in the spring because I thought he had a real chance to go out and really show some some growth. Well, I mean, um, which I, 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 I don't think DTR just made like an exponential jump, but I did see improvements. Right. But uh, did you see it or were you just overall not very impressed with Daniels? It was very hard to evaluate the quarterbacks in general because I didn't think any of them stood out. Um, what stood out was the different route tree and the, the different ways that USC was using the wide receivers and stuff. So it's still really hard to say. Um, I think that I think that. It has less to do with what we saw during spring and more just with the hope that everyone is sort of putting all the eggs in the basket of Graham Harrell will do a better job of putting him in a position to succeed, which, like I said, that's what what I saw from the offense in the spring was more of that relative to the entire offense, not not the quarterback. But um, I don't know. I I don't know on on that score. And just like DTR, he's in his second year, too, so you can see a leap board. Yeah, I, I can't pick right now. I, I think both guys uh, showed instances in which they looked like they, they had some knowledge of what they were doing last year, and both guys didn't. Uh, luckily for them, they're both in systems that should help them out. Yeah. Uh, in the sense of DTR is absolutely in a system that plays to his game. JT Daniels is absolutely in a system that plays to his game. Like Jamal said, JT has more weapons around him. Um, but... DTR has a scheme that could become a weapon in of itself. So I think we're going to learn so much this year that I I don't know. I can't pick. I, for sure. I, I really can't. I don't want that to be a cop out, but that's just. No, it's fair though. That, I mean, it, right. there wasn't a lot for you know, all of us to go. You know, there wasn't a, a definitive um, direction that we could say, oh yeah, no, D- Daniels, right. he, he's, he's neither, going, he's neither going one to. one had a great freshman season. And, there, and, and yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. we expected too much of them. As true freshmen. I think on the SC side of things, that certainly was the case. On the UCLA side of things, maybe it wasn't because of Wilton Spade, but I, I know a lot of people wanted to see a lot more out of DTR, but we'll see it this year. This year will be the the time when you can truly tell what they really are. Uh, let's get our voicemail we got from Dave the Greater in Utah. Hey, Michael and Alicia. This is Dave the Greater here calling you from Utah. Just got a question for you about the BYU game. Looking forward to hanging out with you guys. Unfortunately, Dave the Lesser is not going to make this trip because, um, well, he's Dave the Lesser. Hey, uh, about the Fresno State game. If we win by 10, yes, I will be greatly disappointed. But what do you think about BYU? How do you think we're going to do in that game? I can only hope we can pull out a win. Who knows how these Trojans are going to fare this year, uh, hoping, that obviously, that they do well. But, uh, boy, everything's still iffy and up in there. Hey, you guys take care, and uh, we'll see you in September. Bye. Yeah, we'll definitely see you in September, Dave. Can't not wait for that. Um, Alicia, I think the BYU game's interesting because I'm doing – I keep mentioning them doing this ranking on Rantor.com, and I never finish the damn thing. I'm ranking USC's opponents on their threat level that we do every year. I have BYU really high. It's a very difficult part of the schedule for USC after Stanford, before Utah, Washington, and Notre Dame. That is brutal. It's a road game. 
uh, SC has not historically fared well in road in the first road game of the season under Clay Helton in 2016. They got blown out by Alabama. Um, in 2017, they had that no-show game at Cal that they still somehow won and ended up pulling away late that really they got outplayed by Cal in 2017. In 2018, they have that game that they end up losing to Texas by giving up 3,400 points. So, SC needs to show more in their first road game of the season. That said, BYU has a brutal schedule in which they play Utah, Tennessee, SC, and Washington the first four games of the year. Anything is a crapshoot for them, too. They have a tough schedule. They have a lot to prove. They are a team that's unproven in in general, too. So, I don't know what to think. All I know is it's a tough game. It's a tough environment because it's the first time SC will be there in 15 years. I, I don't know what to think. Yeah, I think my, my big misgiving about this game has everything to do with the environment. I don't know what to expect from Pro Bowl. Like, I don't know what to expect from that crowd. Are we talking Utah, kind of where they can't have a big impact? Or are we talking Stanford, where they're not going to have a big impact? Like, I don't know. Um, like you said, Clay Helton hasn't traveled particularly well, uh, his teams. So that is a major concern. When it comes to the field, when it comes to the teams that are on the field on paper, I'm not worried about BYU at all. It's all of the circumstances that surround that game that I that I worry about. And, and I think that uh, Dave the Greater is sort of that was sort of like, I don't know, kind of thing is, I pretty much could apply that to every game this season, but in particular that one, because it is an unknown quantity. This is a sort of new venue that USC is going to be, certainly in in my time following USC uh, to deal with. Yeah, I want to throw it around the horn really quick. BYU plays a ton of Pac-12 games. They play Washington, they play Utah, uh, they play SC, um, I feel like there's another one I'm missing. They they play four teams. I, I don't know. I'm looking at the schedule really quickly in front of they're me. Like the Nord, they're like the Notre Dame of the West. Yeah, they, they play everybody, right? They think they're the Notre Dame of the West. <laughs> Rapid fire. Who does BYU beat out of the Pac-12? Jake. Uh, they lose to Washington. They lose, I'm losing to the Trojans. They beat... Uh, I think they're going to lose to Utah. And um, who's the fourth team? Can Is we, it just know? three? Am I, am I, maybe it's just three. I only see the it's three. Just, it's just three. I think they go over. They go over? Those damn Cougs. All right, Mike, did they beat anybody? Oh, no, not at all. I mean, they're going up against three teams who, you know, are not necessarily, well. Three, could three, be, they could three be a, tough teams, right? They're, they're three uh, uh, very good uh, Pac-12 teams, yes. Yeah. And yeah, no, they're not going to win a game. Jamal, you agree? No, I agree. I, I give them the 0 for 3. The reason I, even with USC, is because USC's schedule is so brutal at the beginning. They have to win that game. They yeah. have to win that game. I just feel like they have to win that game. And so that's why I picked them. So, no, I think they go 0 for 3. Yeah, it's an interesting game because they have to win that game psychologically. As the schedule plays out, they don't because it's not a conference game. Uh, if you can pick and choose, if SC goes 9-3 and three with the three losses... To Fresno State, BYU, and Notre Dame, great, right? Oh, then yeah. The, oh, yeah. They're undefeated in the conference. Okay, whatever, right? Obviously, you want to beat Notre Dame because they're a rival, but if that's gonna how it's going to be, that's not the end of the world for SC because there's obviously a big benefit to that. At the same point, that BYU game is a really, you want that confidence builder going into Utah six days later on a Friday night in September. So You, you can't lose to Fresno or BYU, like, 
that early in the season. You can if you beat Washington or Notre Dame, well, and you can't bank on those. Right, right, right. But like the first three weeks of the season, if you lose those two games, it's not going to be good for It's going to be real ugly in that Utah yeah. game of the Coliseum. USC Twitter is going to be pretty yeah. You might have to oh, yeah. mute your Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. I was going to take a message from Greg in Woodland Hills. I was driving down the five in Oregon over the fourth, and remember Oregon player Cliff Harris getting arrested for driving over 90 miles an hour here years ago. His legacy is the population of the word natty. What are your thoughts on this word, and has it changed over the years? That is quite a preamble to a question. Jake, <laughs> Jake UCLA won a natty. I a hate natty. Long, long, long time ago. Uh-huh. Of you. Um, what was your thought on the word natty? Uh, I hate the word natty. I wish you to say national championship or championship or national title or title or something. Um, natty it just makes me think of Cincinnati. And just yeah. like the Bruins this coming up in, in, a, in a couple months, I generally have disdain and dislike for Cincinnati. So, uh, no, I don't like natty as, a, as an abbreviation. And if Bill were here, all he does is abbreviate shit and it annoys me. So I, I find it offensive on that regard, too. <laughs> yeah, um, to me, and this might be showing my age, I don't even know if they still sell it. It just reminds me of Natty Ice. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Natty Light. Absolutely. Yeah. Or Natty Light, which is just bad decisions. The worst. Why? Well, my yeah. freshman and sophomore years of college. I'm a beer aficionado, and uh, Natty Ice is horrible, and that's what I think of every time I hear Natty. Just say national championship, say national title, say champions of the world. I don't care. Say Stop chip. Saying, Stop saying You want natty. a chip? I hate chip. <laughs> when, did, when did it go to chip? Like, when did it get shortened to chip? I think it was supposed to be championship. But yeah. ship sounds stupid. It's stupid. So, so people went, oh, These let's stupid go abbreviations. They go suck. into the ship. Uh, I, go into I mean, in, in the heat of the moms, if we're going to be talking about SC and the Natty, I, I don't think people will mind. But uh, it's Natty. I hate it. I, I really do it, hate it. It's, no more Natty. Natty is it's just not like it's better to say title. Like if yeah. you want something small, the title. Like just go or say the title. title. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's get a tweet from Michael. It's a great name, by the way. Uh, Sporting News listed Oregon at USC as a trap game for Oregon. Is this correct? And if so, is it a testament to how far SC has fallen or the hype on Justin Herbert or both? Alicia, what do you say? Um, I, I, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think it's a testament to USC falling. Because I don't think a trap game has to be like the team sucks in order for the trap game to be there. It just has to be sort of set up in a position when it can be problematic. So the, the USC game is an away game for, for Oregon following the Washington State game ahead of a bye week. Like I don't think that's trap location, right? It's not where you put a trap game. I think if you look at, you know, it's Oregon schedule... That's not the game I'd circle for to be a trap. But game. they go UW, Wash, Wazoo, and then USC. Like, I know I I get what you're saying, but at the same time, like I could see it just being one of those games where it's a letdown you, game. Letdown, yeah, yeah. But but I I do think that it plays into the hype of of Herbert a little to call USC a trap game because is Washington State more of a I trap think, game? I think Washington State's the trap game there. What, what, what say you, Mike? I don't know. It usually you call trap games games against uh, lesser teams that come before uh, right. uh, really big games. 
Uh, I have a feeling that both USC and Oregon are going to be completely focused going into that game. I don't think it's going to be a trap game. I think it's going to be a very hard fought. Is it possible for USC to be anybody's trap game? Because of the last year, the, pro, the profile of USC being uh, what it is, like nobody, like I, I, I feel like I, nobody looks at USC and goes like, "Oh, we're going to take this week off." Right, yeah. and no, that's definitely true. I, I agree with that. I think if anyone can do it, and, and again, I don't think they would do it, but if anyone could have that feeling, maybe Washington, because they get they get SC after they go on the road to BYU and before they go on the road to Stanford. That's a tough spot to get SC in. But still, that makes the road game at BYU the trap game and not SC. So, well, within the context no. of a season, SC could be a trap game for someone if SC sure. is like two and eight. Going, you know, yeah, absolutely. Or, or even, or even still, they don't have to be that low. But if 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 they're going, if if, if, a t- if, if Notre a team, Dame is the next week, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the there you go. Yeah, but in this case, for anybody to list SC as a trap game for Oregon heading into a bye and then playing the Zonas and Oregon State yeah, is the most care. ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yeah, like, if you're if you're overlooking yeah. USC to the game next week, then you're going to lose that game. You deserve but, to lose that but game the if Oregon, you're overlooking but USC. The, the, the Arizonas and Oregon State, I mean, that's like the softest part of their freaking schedule. Like, that's that's the... I mean, you, could, you can make a strong argument that that SC game is the last hurdle of the season, for goodness sakes. 100%. Those three game, that three-game stretch at Washington... Home to Washington State and then at SC. That is the that's Oregon's season right there. Their season's defined by those three games. Colorado's the effing trap game. Yeah, you can make that case. Uh, yeah, I, I would I would hear that out. Uh, let's go to a tweet we got from Teddy Black, who says, "Why will Keaton Slovis be the surprise of the season?" God, I hope so. Alicia, if if Keaton Slovis is the is the surprise of the season, it's gonna be an interesting season. Either because he jumped out a window or he's the starting quarterback. Those are all good things for UCLA fans. Like I, <laughs> like something went wrong, right? Well, some crazy stuff would have happened. No, no, Keaton Slovis was very, very. Uh, By jumped out good. a window, I mean like he was involved in some sort of in like Josh Josh Shaw level. Josh yeah, I, I got. Yeah. It. I don't yeah. mean that the young man Thanks. was trying to harm himself. I yeah, want to be clear about that. Thanks for clarifying. He was rescuing Jesus. his cousin or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, he was very impressive in spring camp, but he is very firmly the fourth string quarterback. So, for him to see the field means that injuries happened. Or, or it could just be this thing now where, like, every time USC doesn't like a quarterback, they're hoping somebody else steps in just like, um, ah, crap, he's playing for the Jets now. Sam Darnold? Yeah, just like Sam Darnold or something, some situation like that, you know. Quick quick question. What is what is a Keaton Slovis, and are they playing Coachella next year? <laughs> uh, you know what? They might be. Well said. They might be. They, do, they, they are. It, it is quite that a is the best name. name. They're opening up for Mighty Mouse, or a Modest Mouse. Modest <laughs> Wow, they're still around? Damn. We old, Jamal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's wrap this thing up there. Uh, that's going to be an end of a long night for us. Two straight podcasts that we recorded here at the uh, Merrifield Manor. Is that's that right. A good way of putting it. It's after midnight. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked about USC. We talked about UCLA here on our Crosstown Podcast Part 2. Uh, go listen to the first part over at the West Bruin Show. Go listen to our part that you just listened to here, I guess. Uh, you can always listen to more What's Bruin Show on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and all that stuff. You can listen to more of us there, too. And more of us with Jake on Patreon with Takes with Jake. My favorite show. That show's awesome. Yeah, it is an awesome show. The most recent show was a good one because we got into a lot of stuff like drinks and 
trying to convince Alicia that her soda opinions are wrong. <laughs> hopefully I didn't curse too much. Or hopefully you edited me out. It happens. Yeah. yeah. It happens from time to I time. I got a good clip of Michael at the What's Bruin show. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, it's, it's my favorite clip ever. I don't know what you're talking about. You call, calling somebody an a-hole. I don't know, but it was good. <laughs> and you were very, like, you felt really strong about it. So go listen to What's Bruin show and you hear Michael say, you're an asshole! Something like that. <laughs> well, people who light fireworks at- That's right. Two in the morning. There it is. Are demons to dogs. Yeah. But, and humans. But uh, yeah, good clip. Yeah. You tell right. uh, Mike, tell everybody where they can find you and where they can read your stuff. Um, you can find me in West LA. Occasionally at... Uh, oh, 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 oh. On, on the social <laughs> medias. Okay. Um, I am at the Big Disco. You can read my dribble... Drivel at uh, wow, it's late. Uh, at com here at uh, What's Brewing with uh, Jake, Jamal, and Bill, and uh, yeah, occasionally at the Rose Bowl. There you go. Yeah, yep. but but not in January's. Uh, and no, we won't, we won't see you there either, Jamal. Will we? No, <laughs> <laughs> not unless not unless I'm running the uh, the three miles around it. You'll see me at the. Rose Bowl. Oh, you'll, you'll see Jamal at the Rose Bowl at the end of November. Is that when? Whoa. Last game of the season, Whoa. UCLA. Oh, Cal. oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. There it is. Maybe, maybe. Oh, it, it's, it's late, Jamal. Is when's it? the yeah. next El Trafico? El Trafico is in August. There's, it's, there's a game in August. Uh, Who's better right now? Oh, LAFC is better by far. They're the best team in the league. Really? Yeah, by goal differentials, by goals. See, this is my sec- second with, season with the MLS that the expansion teams are all of a sudden just great. In their second year, yeah. The Soccer talk. Set, setting records as a former expansion team. Yeah. All right. uh, Jamal, tell everybody where they can read your stuff again. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at KingsPapa1015. And you can read my stuff at LASportsHub.com. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. And uh, also, you know, you might see me at the Bank of California Stadium covering LAFC for LASoccerNation.com. There you go. And that is right outside the Coliseum. That's right. Uh, that's going to wrap up the episode. Again, come see us on Friday, 7 p.m., Golden Road Brewery in Atwater Village slash Glendale slash L.A. slash whatever the hell that is. Somewhere around the 51134. Right, right there. Come see us, 7 p.m. Uh, I will be there. Mike will be there. Uh, Alicia will be there. Our friend uh, Kenneth Martin from the Travel Ice Thursdays will be there. Jacob may be there. He's unsure. So uh, maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll try to get him to, to come down there. And you, you listening right now, will be there, too. Uh, until then, though, follow us on Twitter at Random Troy. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Random Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Google Play, and Spreaker. Bonus episodes on Patreon, patreon.com slash Random Troy. Email address at Random Troy and our phone number, 213-373-1USC. Socket. And if you don't give them five stars... I will brew in your day. <laughs> wow. Nice. Is that the first time you've ever used brew in your day? Oh, I've used it a lot. He was especially, he was especially. Okay, I'm trying to be nicer, Michael. <laughs> I use it a lot whenever UCLA beats USC. But, but oh, so you like oh. reclaimed it? Yeah. Yes, I have. I, just, I used to say I we brew and stuff. It. I hate it. I, I, I think, oh, I think it's stupid too. I, think it's so I used to have a T-shirt that said "Don't brew in your life." <laughs> Oh it's so petty. I love it. Oh, I love Get it. more creative with your insults, exactly. people. Exactly. Oh, you know what pisses me off the most on both sides? The dollar sign the, and the cents? The, no, the, the uh, F-U-C-L-A and oh, F-U-S-C. Yeah. I'm like, 
it's entry. Uh, it is it, just yeah. so I stupid. thought it was great when I was 12. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. And, 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 and then I grew up. Thank you. Well, <laughs> Jake's about to. Jake I mean, is still 12. I mean, you did cut my stick. By the way, Jake's wearing a Battlestar Galactica <laughs> shirt as we speak. So. Yes, <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Until then, see ya. See ya. See ya. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.